What's up everyone and welcome to episode 142 of the Justin Inside podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and find out what makes them tick. Uh, as always, hope everyone's well, Had a hope everyone's had a wonderful week gone past. Um, haven't got a whole lot to report on from my end of things, so going to keep this intro pretty short and sweet, but just want to say uh, a thank you to all the amazing feedback on the episode last week with uh, Connor Marshall from... Conjurer and uh, Silosis, that was really cool. Um, Conjurer are currently out on tour at the moment, so if you get a chance to go check them out, then please do highly recommend it. Um, didn't get a chance to go to their London show, but from the videos and photos I've seen, it looked insane. So if you get a chance to go to any of the remaining dates, then make sure you do. Um, also, just want to say a massive thank you to Danny Randon of the Bitch and Brew podcast for having me on as a guest to talk about bands that I'm excited about for this year. Um, we Between the two of us, we picked 10 bands uh, that we think are going to be doing good things in in the year of 2020. So if you want to hear me wax lyrical about 10 very exciting bands, then head over to the Bitch and Brew podcast and go check that out. Um, if you're already following us on social media and so on and so forth, you will have seen us posting about it anyway. So, But yeah, go check that out. Um, finally, one more bit of business before we get on to this week's guest. Uh, so as of this coming Monday, I will be heading on my first tour of the year. I'm heading out around Europe with uh, punk grunge trio Gender Rolls. Um, so there's going to be a couple of weeks where there won't be any episodes unless I get any, ch- any time to uh, sort of edit whilst on the road, which there might be a possibility. We'll wait and see. But just a, a fair warning that there may be a little absence of the show but don't worry we will be returning uh stronger than ever uh, i don't know we'll we'll be back so um absence makes the heart grow fonder and all that so yeah um right let's get into this week's guest and he is a member of one of the most exciting bands in the uk right now uh this week we are joined by uh loathe guitarist and vocalist eric bickerstaff uh, during the discussion, me and Eric talk about how uh, him playing Guitar Hero sort of led to him actually picking up and playing guitar after sort of initially playing drums um, and still playing drums to this day. Uh, how he kind of got stuck in the metalcore scene for a little while before his sort of musical taste diversified. Um, and just the growth of Loathe and the drive that that band has, how they kind of put their all into everything they're doing and obviously being out on the road perfecting their craft as a live band as well so yeah really exciting things going on for Lave in 2020 as well as their new record which is out in a matter of weeks so yeah please sit back enjoy the chat I have with Eric and I'll see you on the other side Joining me this week on the Justin Insight podcast is Loathe guitarist and vocalist Eric Bickerstaff. Eric, thank you very much for taking some time out of your day to have a little chat with me. Um, how's everything in, in your world gearing up for, for the release of the new record? Awesome. Uh, it's, it's hectic. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very busy. We're, um, we're preparing for the headline tour right now, so we're just kind of getting all the little aspects of that sorted. And yeah. Get all finalised and ready, and then we're going to hit the road. And cause I get, I'm kind of jumping in a bit, sort of early, but obviously you guys have gone, been quite prolific, especially just in the the last couple of months in terms of of touring. So, 
because obviously just cut off the back of the Stray tour and now on on your own headline one. So, yeah. is is being on the road where you like to be? Yeah. And, uh, just the the opportunity for new people to come through the door and to see something that they hopefully enjoy it and take it away and return again is just kind of I think we all in, we all like that. And yeah. We all want to just um keep that like keep the door open. Yeah. No, that's that's cool. Make it easy for people to access. Yeah. Well, as I mentioned, the show is called Just an Insight. I always like to take my guests back to their, their roots, so to say. So how I kind of open this up is to ask my guests what their kind of entry point into sort of alternative music was. So what was your kind of first exposure to alternative music? I think it was um, Foo Fighters. Okay. My dad, my dad took me to, um, I think it was, an, it, was it, it was in Manchester. I'm not entirely sure which venue it was, but it was an open uh, thing. And it was Foo Fighters. And, um, yeah, we went to see them. And, yeah, I think just from then on, it was kind of like Nirvana and all that other stuff. And yeah. Kind of gradually getting into it, Guitar Hero was a huge thing for me. Yeah, <laughs> fair. I honestly kind of owe Guitar Hero all of my skill because it's like the fact that it, like, it synced up hand-eye coordination and just kind of, like, got me just i was on it all the time yeah yeah and it just kind of like it was essentially guitar practice for me before i even picked up a guitar yeah and then i picked up a guitar and it kind of just translated onto it easily because yeah. i already had like <laughs> the years of playing guitar here <laughs> yeah but um yeah um and then i think along with that like yeah just that sort of Yeah. So in terms of kind of like, I guess you say sort of like going to see the Foo Fighters. But so, were had you kind of shown any sort of interest in music before that, or was that kind of like, I guess, the awakening in in some aspects? I think that was the awakening. There was definitely like the music's just been involved in my life since I was a, a young boy. Anyway. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was always like singing when I was younger. I was like just like to the radio, and my mum would just take me on drives on my dad would. And... Yeah. I would always just be like, that would kind of like make me come to life almost. Whenever there was music, I'd just kind of be me. I would be outwardly expressive and like singing, dancing or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just kind of always been, it was really, it, it is really the thing that like just kind of brings me to life essentially. Yeah. It makes, it makes me feel more than, <laughs> yeah. than anything on earth really. And you obviously you've mentioned sort of Guitar Hero, so, and I think a lot of people that sort of grew up with that game maybe had like a couple of songs that they were really good at. So what what were your kind of songs that you you always smashed through? SCP Remix. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Follow Troy, and then that was like because of that that got me onto like crazy music. Yeah. That was like, that was really the door for like ex- like crazy experimental alternative music, and then it just kind of got. Not worse than worse, but I mean, just like in the in the ears of yeah. like the average uh, person, it's definitely worse than worse because like <laughs> it, it, it's gone from like Foo Fighters to like Sun. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it, it's it's kind of a long it's it's been a long road, but um, 
guy. Yeah. It's just, um, I think that was like, the, the, the Foo Fighters show was definitely like when it all started to be like, yeah, this is kind of what I want to do. And yeah. I went, I went with my dad and I'd just like, I'd stand up and headbang and he'd be sat down and he'd, 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 he likes music and stuff, but like, he wouldn't headbang like I would. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was like seeing them on stage and seeing the reaction and just being in that environment it was just like yeah this is really the only world I can see myself like um, just like enjoying and really really living in yeah so then in terms of kind of your sort of like as you say like Guitar Hero and Fall of Troy kind of being the, the entry point into sort of the more extreme sort of music side of things like I always find it interesting that when people sort of start to discover their own kind of personality and niches sort of thing, there's always kind of a couple of bands that people gravitate to that they kind of claim as their bands. So what what were the bands that you were kind of going off and discovering of your own accord? Um, I think it was like that area of music. I'll have to, I'll have to like scan my brain a bit. <laughs> yeah. you mentioned obviously kind of even before like going to the Foo Fighters things like you'd be singing along like to music in the car with your mum and, and stuff like that and obviously in Loathe now you do do part of sort of vocal parts as well as playing guitar so I guess in terms of your kind of musical journey was was vocal something that you were always kind of more drawn to than guitar or or was it the love of Guitar Hero that then sort of match the two together how did that all kind of come come about actually sort of playing music yourself well i believe the first thing that i ever tried was saxophone oh okay in high school and i gave that about three weeks maybe. <laughs> I, I had my own one like the, the the school gave me 
the school, but like the the music like company within the school gave yeah. me a saxophone to rehearse with, and I probably played it about once in that three weeks, and it just didn't really click with me. And then because the the, the high school that I was going to had like such a I don't know, it was just crazy going from primary school where I'd listen to music and then high school where all these instruments are in front of me. Yeah. And I, I can really actually make music. I jumped on drums. And um, that was only because, like, so I started on saxophone and then went to drums and that was only because I didn't really, there wasn't any drummers. Right. In school, so I was like, right, whatever, I'll do it myself. And then <laughs> kind of just, I, I stayed on drums and I still play drums now, but not like, not as much. It was like I started on drums. I was like, I considered myself a drummer. Okay. And then I was like, okay, cool. Like I'd have like jam sessions with my mates Tom and Logan, and like we'd be we'd be in the practice room and literally just like playing nothing. I'd play a beat and I'd just go mad and that. And like <laughs> it, would, it would like it would be it wouldn't be a song. It would just be like we're just making noise. And there was even a point when we booked in, like, studio time, and we had no songs, <laughs> and we were just like, okay, why have we done this? And the producer was just like, you need to go on, there's no, you've got no songs. <laughs> like, okay. Back to the drawing board, and then it was like, the stuff that I wanted to do, um, I just felt a bit limited with the, with the group that we were in, so I was like, I wanted to start on guitar, so I can, like, get the ideas that I wanted down yeah. myself. And then, yeah, just moved from drums to guitar. And I had a few, I had a few like little bands before Loathe, but like they were, they were never like proper bands. It was yeah. just kind of, we'd, we'd do a jam night or it would be, we just rehearse and we never play a show or even worse than that, we just talk about it and then never do anything. <laughs> yeah, sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, the, the amount of like people that are like, I've been not involved with, but like we've we've chatted about doing. This was when I was younger. Chatted about doing stuff and just it it never happens. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the yeah, it just kind of went from from the. I was in a band called Beginning. Well, I, honestly, there's been a few. There's been like I had like a Fall of Troy sort of thing called the Breathing Ascension, which I started when I was younger. Yeah. And then like. Which actually, um, are, are you aware of a band called God Complex? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyle, um, he was in the Breathing Ascension. Me and oh, him okay. Best mates since we were like small anyway. Yeah. And like, he was in that band and like, then I went on to, no sorry, before that band I was in a band called Beginning the Fall. Like just all these fantastic names. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, just went from there. And I, 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 re- I think that was when I branched off and just started discovering Rise Records. Right. And it was literally, my my music taste kind of, it's kind of sad. It went from this eclectic burst to literally metalcore. <laughs> <laughs> because I think it was just kind of a perceived idea, like I need to look, I need to act, and I need to just be metalcore. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. If, if I'm going to listen to it, I'm going to proper go in, you know what I mean? Because it was like kind of out there. It was like the most, um, I guess at the, at the time it was like the least, um, what's the word? The least accessible heavy music I listened yeah. to. So it kind of dwindled. My, my, my idea of like, not my idea, sorry, the, the extent of what music I listened to dwindled and just kind of became 
the Devil Wears Prada, <laughs> like just all all Rise Records of Mice and Men, like, yeah, What Was Me, just all of that. And it was like I think honestly, like being completely honest, I think in the last three years, I'm, I'm only just breaking out. I'm like, <laughs> just like discovering this music again, discovering everything else again. Like since being in Loathe, it's like. Alright, snap out of it. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm back to... Uh, well, I, I hope I'm back to, like, just ex- discovering music again and feeling that feeling that I once had. Because it, it really was just, like, almost as if metalcore, like, <laughs> held me captive. It was, <laughs> it was straight up the only thing I listened to, the only thing I talked about, everything, so... Yeah. No, I, get, I think, like, a lot of people kind of went through sort of similar phases like when I was kind of my sort of late teens early 20s I was the same with like hardcore this all all I would talk about all I would listen to and you couldn't sort of like you'd find me at every single hardcore show but as soon as like there was a metal show I wouldn't show any kind of interest sort of thing so I think a lot of people kind of went through those those kind of phases yeah yeah I just I just see mine as more of a I don't know like I don't know, the, the, the way I see it now, it's like I was so naive. And so, <laughs> yeah. As, as, almost as if, like, my life was like a kid's show, you know what I mean? Like, I just attribute it to that because there's so, so much more music out there than what, what I was, like, tunnel vision listening to. Yeah, yeah. So... So in terms of kind of like, as you mentioned, sort of like doing a few bands, obviously, before Loathe became a thing. So were, were there kind of any any of those bands that kind of did anything of note, like in terms of kind of playing outside of your hometown, doing any tours or anything like that? Or were it, was it all very much kind of on a local level? Um, I think the only the only time things started to happen was with Loathe, really. Okay. We, we did like local shows, like... I honestly think because I'm from St Helens which is like 20 minutes outside of Liverpool yeah and like we play shows in St Helens maybe Wigan like which is again like 20 minutes 15 minutes outside of where I'm from and I, I think that the furthest I ever travelled before Loath was Liverpool okay so, <laughs> not, not like not myself like obviously I've gone yeah 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 no I get you like, in a musical endeavour yeah yeah um, Manchester, like, yeah. Honestly, like it wasn't. It really wasn't that far. <laughs> and then it just li- it straight up catapulted when love became a thing. It was like okay, like I'm in a van proper. Like I'm in a band and this is happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So in terms of kind of like when you were going to to shows when you were younger, like was there because obviously people sort of lump you in with, with Liverpool now, but obviously, like, growing up in, in St Helens and stuff, was there much of kind of a a scene, or did you have to kind of travel to go to shows? Like, uh, Honestly, surprisingly enough, like, there really was a scene, there was, like, a fair few bands, and it's, like, not even, like, a big town. Yeah. It's, it's like, town or city, I don't even know. Whatever <laughs> it is, like, it's, like, it's, it's really not that big, and there's not... I would say now there isn't because there used to be um there's a venue called the Citadel which is like we were frequent and there was an event called Overload right um I think like honestly you know when you don't know something like not know something but like when you've not said it in so long that when you say it you're like hang on is that really what it was? <laughs> yeah. like I think it, I'm pretty sure it was Overload like in my mind I was like Overload and then I said it and I was like hang on that is <laughs> Airplane, when I don't know for me, like that was one of the words that I was 
we'd have that like overload and it was um like it would just be a showcase for local bands honestly I yeah it was like three bands every month or something it was like one night three bands every month or every two weeks or something like that and it'd be like it would be the night you know what i mean like i'd have my routine of getting home like shaving that one hair off my lip <laughs> yeah. like proper getting ready and going on going in and then i'd go to that and i'd be like right i'm gonna play it i'm gonna play it overload i'm gonna play it so though and we got the band together and we did it yeah fallout boy covers like not not like <laughs> not that I, I didn't really like fallout boy when i was younger it didn't really like click with me yeah 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 it was mainly lent mainly led uh, by an old friend of mine called Will and he was like it was kind of me and him like spearheading the whole operation but he, he loves all that sort of punk stuff and all that sort of stuff so like that was like the main stuff that we would cover and then we tried branching out into like writing our own music and it was just like this <laughs> this isn't a band this isn't <laughs> like it just isn't working at all like I was single left and everything Chrissy she left and um, yeah it kind of just I think I left and the band carried on for a bit after a while which I was like it's just weird to think of yeah That's yeah why it's weird to think of but it, it carried on after a while and then um, yeah I started the Breathing Ascension with um, Kyle and no actually it was with Will it was with Will from the beginning of the fall he, he was the bass player I was the guitarist and singer and our friend Connor was the drummer and then um, we ended up getting Kyle on bass and that's when we started that we had I think we recorded an EP but again it was like we didn't travel anywhere to go to do it we didn't go to a studio or anything we um we did it ourselves but we had this like weekly practice room thing that would happen yeah which is like kind of like a youth centre thing where there would just be loads of drums and loads of guitar apps and stuff and you'd you'd get there early enough to like solidify your band being in the room for the next half an hour and then the next band comes in and all this sort of stuff and that's where we practice and we rehearse and stuff and um, yeah we went from there and that just kind of dwindled it stopped because that was the time when I started like getting kind of like poisoned by metalcore yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like right this this music this like this music isn't um doing it for me anymore I just want to write breakdowns basically I want to do like I want to sound like Miss May I yeah yeah so then I started a band called Our Imbalance which is like love but pre-love right okay and we had Kadeem on vocals well originally we were like it was myself uh, my friends Chris and Adam and this guy called Cam who I don't speak to anymore we've not spoke to since the band really and um, we started, and we were looking for a drummer. We had one rehearsal, uh, sorry, we were looking for a vocalist. Because um, I had I had scoured the internet for years and years trying to get, like, not years, but like a good long time trying to get a guy who could play breakdowns on drums. Yeah. Like, who had a China symbol or something like that. And um, I found Adam because he was covering AC130 by Attack Attack on YouTube. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. Big tune, uh, <laughs> big tune. And, um, yeah, I found him, uh, and then we, I just emailed, uh, emailed him. I just messaged him on YouTube. Like I'd never, never done that before. Just this random fella that I saw, and I was like Liverpool. He was like seventeen, I think, and I was like seventeen or whatever. We were dead young anyway. Yeah. And um, 
messaged him and he was like, yeah, man, I'm sick, let's get a practice going. And we just got a practice going because I knew Chris from um, beginning of the fall. He was in that band. And he was playing bass and we met Cam um, and he was playing guitar. So we had like a lineup. But then uh, we didn't have a vocalist, so we asked Kinnian, who actually I met in a mosh pit. Which is like <laughs> Brilliant. Crazy, yeah. Story for another time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we we um we met and then yeah he he, he was gonna do vocals but then I think something happened he didn't end up doing it so we got Harry who's in God Complex now. Oh, okay. Um, and then we started and that was when things like yeah we're gonna be a band we're gonna try and do try and do this and then that just kind of fell through and we renamed regrouped rethought everything and here we are. Yeah. So if we kind of go in on sort of with load now, like for rather than kind of go traipsing through the whole sort of history of, of it, because I think people sort of know that and can can read about that elsewhere, sort of thing. But what for for you, like where was the kind of point when you sort of realised that people were kind of paying attention to to this band and that like a better lack of a better term, like actually gave a shit about what you were doing. In terms of kind of like the the sound that you guys are, are kind of going for, obviously, like with the the new record, it's evolved even further. But like, I don't know. Like, there's always obviously kind of been an underlying of kind of like the electronics and sort of the heaviness of of your sound. So, was that something that was kind of initially talked about in the embry- embryonic stages, or is that just something that's kind of naturally kind of come into the sound later on? Just it carried on throughout, but 
I think the first song that that we wrote for the for the EP was In Death, and that was like it was it was more melodic. Like it was weird because we went from that like melodic. I'm trying to think of words to describe the feeling of it, but it's like it's it's definitely it's dark, but it's not like it's not like disgusting dark. Yeah, you know? yeah. Whereas like towards the end of the writing of the EP, like Banshee and Rest and Violence and stuff, that was like when it became like dark and like horror influenced, I guess. Mm. Like obviously there was some sort of degree of like this is what like I like and this is what is going to be involved in it, but it became more of like a staple idea of what the band is going to be like towards the end of the the EP um, writing process and then from then on it's just something that like we we notice in the song we gravitate towards songs like with with extensive amounts of layers that have like purpose and meaning for every movement that we make yeah and that's just um, I think it just it's just gonna carry on and it, it just carried on from then Mm. Into what we do now, and it's just um, it's a good side to our band, in my opinion, because it's just again something that like I it it catches my ear. All the oh time. yeah, definitely. Bands have like that that extra depth, I guess. And yeah. Again, something that we all enjoy. And I guess kind of like on on that with the extra depth thing, I know obviously we we kind of started the conversation talking about you guys being out on tour quite a lot, and obviously. I think just in terms of from when I was kind of introduced to to you guys to where you are now, like the live experience is something that has come on leaps and bounds, and like I don't like without this kind of sounding corny, like when you guys take the stage, there's there's a kind of like a coolness to to what you have, like in terms of like aesthetically and the way that you present on stage. So is that just something that's kind of I don't want to say you've consciously thought that out, but is it just something that practice has made perfect and that you're now more comfortable as musicians on stage that that thing kind of comes as a second nature? I believe so. I believe that it's like we just really are ourselves on stage. Mm. Not, so, not so much like in reality, Kadeem like, is just shouting all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's more so we, we, we just really are able to freely express ourselves without fear of judgment because like not i don't think it's anything to do with the fact that we're on a stage or like that we're we're on like a, a raised platform or whatever it's more just like people know what we're there for yeah and we don't need to worry about what we're going to be doing what we're going like it's just this is really what we're made for and there should be no not that there should be. I mean, there should be, but like, there is no preconceived ideas of like worry or anxious like thoughts or whatever anymore. Because, like you said, I guess practice just makes perfect. We've been doing it for quite a while now. Mm. But it really was like an opening for ourselves to just be like way more comfy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just the best feeling on earth, really. I, I, I don't think there's anything that compares to being able to go up and express yourself with the music that you've created and the world that you've created and and for people to like look and accept it and understand it and enjoy it it's mm. it's, it's so so amazing it's just like a feeling like mother really mm. and obviously again we started the conversation talking about the new record that's coming out 
um, in in February as well. But for you personally, what do you kind of feel is the biggest difference between the Cold Sun and I Let It In? kind of the the title like i don't know i might might be put my perspective that i'm kind of reading a bit too much into it but is is there kind of anything like specifically the sparks that the want to name it that because it's quite i don't know like it's got one of those sort of feels to it that can be open to interpretation but also that there's a, a meaning behind it so is is there something to that title Okay. That there's like it's like a sci-fi novel. Yeah. Thing. And um, that kind of is it ambiguity. Is yeah. 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 That kind of ambiguity is like it's so like wondrous. You you have no idea, but at the same time you do. Yeah. And we just wanted to replicate that feeling and make it relevant to what we're doing. And um. Yeah, I just like long titles. <laughs> you know, that's fair enough. I just, I just think they're sick. I, I, I like them so much more than like, I don't know. I was going to say hate them, but our names love. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just, I don't know. There's so much more to like figure out and to dive into. Yeah. No, 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 I get that. Titles like that. And, and again, I, again though, I just wanted it to be different from the cold song. Yeah. Like, we didn't want to open it with the and like we didn't want it to be three words and like there's just little things that like not not necessarily like overthinking just kind of like yeah these are things that we don't want to rehash we don't want to do again we've yeah. done it if we wanted to do it again 
um, I don't know. We, I thought we wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We just wouldn't. Like the only excuse for doing the same album again is understanding that one was successful, and you're scared of not getting that success again. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. And we're like. I don't know. Again, that was my opinion. I'm not saying that's like complete fact, but for us, it's like we everything needs to be fresh. Everything needs to be new, um, and it just needs to be, in our opinion, correct. And I think repeating the same thing twice would just be incorrect. Yeah, and in terms of kind of like, I guess you touched upon it there, like not repeating sort of yourselves, and with this record being completely new like i've been lucky enough to to hear it in advance of its release date and i think like the thing that i kind of took away from it is that the songs kind of feel like they kind of give everyone in the band more like space to breathe so was that like a conscious thing is that like i I think because with the cold sun like from my perspective like obviously it had its elements where like you could sort of decipher what was going on but there were a lot of kind of big heavy hectic elements which not saying this album doesn't have that but with this it kind of feels a, a lot more kind of thought out was that was that the case coming coming into this record yeah most definitely i feel like we just got a greater understanding for songwriting mm. and um just after time and time again of playing the songs live and noticing the sections that people like just kind of dip in and out of and yeah just, like Again, just yeah, a greater understanding for the music that we're trying to create and just in general for songwriting, I think just kind of led us in a different direction than what we'd done before. This was most de- most definitely the most collaborative we've ever been on a record. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I just like, it just with anything, it just it, it just gets better with age. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. But we're, um, yeah, we're just at a point now where things are kind of streamlining in a very good way and not um it's not hassle to write and like just kind of because the cold film with it being our first album it was like oh what the fuck yeah yeah we need to write 12 songs and like, <laughs> yeah it was just like it was it was a lot to take in and, and then we were well i say we were well, we were well more prepared for this one but it again no. <laughs> and with every album it came with its um it's it's uh, tasks. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And just to kind of bring things kind of full circle, like you mentioned, obviously, obviously when Loathe were kind of first coming about, that there was people in sort of Canada and whatever sort of commenting on on your videos and stuff. And in the last couple of days, we've seen the man, the legend Chino Marino, sharing one of your songs. So, how was that kind of like to see a guy that's obviously influenced your band? essentially yeah. shouting you out I, I don't know an answer <laughs> honestly like the, I, as soon as I saw it I jumped out the, I jumped out my, the car and was like I went into I was just like telling my mum and my dad I was like in the kitchen like literally laughing and like I'd be like repeating like nah no way, no way. <laughs> and, and literally just start laughing like hysterical laughter and then it'd be like nah there's no way and then I'd look at it again and start laughing Yeah, no, that's a good analogy. I like that. And it was like fucking hell, yeah. 
actually hear his thoughts because it's a shirt and like it's on Twitter, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'd love to actually know what he feels from the song, but it's just it's fucking mental. That's <laughs> literally him from Deftones, you know what I mean? Literally, <laughs> yeah. Like he's been around the block a few times. Like he's he's done everything, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's mad that how many songs exist within the world, you know what I mean? Yeah. Two days after the release, it makes its way to him. Yeah, that's good. No, it is really, really fucking cool. But yeah, cool. Um, Eric, before I let you go, how I like to to round these off is to ask my guests what their favourite song is, but with a bit of a twist. And this might be difficult with you, obviously, where you're gearing up for for a new tour at the moment. Um, okay. But what's your favourite Loathe song that you like to play live, and why? Yeah. Any particular reason? Um, not to like be big at it, but it's a fucking tune. I love, <laughs> like, I love that song. And like, I don't know, the ending is just like the way Sean, our drummer, like changes it up. Uh, it's just insane. It's yeah. Like, because we we've changed we've changed it a few times, like the ending, and we always kind of did with the live stuff. But like at the moment, the way it ends right now. Oh my god! <laughs> it's heavy. Like just thinking about it, I'm just like I'm just picturing what I see when I'm moving. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just like just oh, it's sick. Yeah. I just love that tune, and I think again, it's one of one of our most well received songs. So just the reaction from people every time we play it is just amazing. Perfect. And yeah, that, I think I think white hot. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Perfect. Brilliant, Eric. Thank you very much for for your time. Best of luck with the with the headline tour and. I'm sure I'll, I'll be bumping into you at some point into 2020 because it seems like it's going to be a busy year for you guys. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for having me. And yeah, we'll, we'll catch up. We'll hang out. Definitely. Yeah, definitely, my man. Take it easy. Awesome. Cheers, bye. See you in a bit. So there we have it, folks. Thanks again to Eric for having a little chat with me. Um, as always, you can keep up to date with what Loath are doing, as well as all the dates of their upcoming tour uh, on all of their various social media platforms, which will be linked in the description of this episode, as always. Um, that is it for another week. Uh, as mentioned, there won't be an episode next week, but uh, there may be some in the interim. It all depends on how much downtime I get on this tour with gender roles. But if you have enjoyed the show, then please subscribe, rate, review. It really does help, and there's 144, 144, sorry, 141 other episodes that you can listen to. So if this is your first time, go back and listen to those. If not, if this is your 142nd time, go back and listen to your favourite episode. They're still there for you to all to enjoy. But for now, thank you uh, for some by the Justin Insight podcast, and I'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.